but I, I was definitely undertrained. Um, and, and in this case, and then my first 50K, I think my mind was actually stronger um, than my body was. Diz Runs Radio episode 1032 starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, today's episode is brought to you by the folks over at Victory Co., helping you turn your finish line feels, those finish line moments, helping you keep them with you all the time, not just uh, in the immediate aftermath, the afterglow of finishing whatever races uh, have meant the most to you over the years. You know, we've talked about this for the last few weeks. We'll talk about it for another few weeks going forward as well. But, uh, you know, wearing that, that metal around your neck, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of feelings associated with it in, in mostly good ways. Some, a little bit of good pride in the work you've done, um, a reminder of the effort that you put into it, and, and maybe a little bit of a nudge as far as, hey, you know, I did this. I wonder what else I'm capable of, you know, kind of helps spur you forward a little bit. And uh, the fact of the matter is that eventually you're going to take your medal off and, you know, hang it on the wall or stick it in the drawer or put it on the shelf. And, uh, you know, some of those feelings kind of start to subside a little bit when you're not wearing that medal around all the time. And that's where Victory Co. comes in because they uh, give you something that you can wear that's uh, related to those medals, that's that's inspired by those medals that, uh, you know, can kind of become part of your, your regular routine, your regular wardrobe, especially... Those of you that, you know, have jobs that aren't just talking into a microphone, flapping your yap, and you actually have to put on real clothes once in a while. Uh, because Victory Co. creates custom, customized, unique, individualized charms and charm bracelets that uh, are all about your finish line moments. They're all about the, the medals that you've earned, um, customized and created specifically for you, your highlights, your memories, your meanings that are behind them. And then you can wear that bracelet any old time you want to. I suppose you could probably wear it running even if you really wanted to. Although, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not a charm bracelet kind of guy myself, so I don't know uh, if, if wearing a charm bracelet for running is appropriate. or I, I don't feel like it's appropriate for me, but hey, you do you. You know, you, you get your bracelet, you wear it when you want. Uh, but the, the moral of the story is it, it gives you that th- those reminders, those good feelings, maybe when you need them the most. Uh, you know, not when you're right at the finish line, but just going out, going about through life sometimes and helping you, you know, be proud of what you've done and the work that you've put in. And a reminder that uh, there's more out there that you can do, running and otherwise, running and otherwise. So get yourself a bracelet, get yourself some some charms that, that mean a lot to you. Um, or, you know, if, if, if you're kind of like me, charm bracelet, not your thing. Maybe there's somebody in your life that that, that would uh, appeal to. One way or the other, head over to createmyvictory.com. You can also follow them on Instagram at createmyvictory there. And, uh, you know, see what's available let uh, let them help you design and customize and, and make those those things that uh, are going to resonate most with you as far as charms and bracelets and designs. And uh, then when you're ready to check out, make sure you use the code DISRUNS at checkout uh, to save yourself 15% on your order. So createmyvictory.com, DISRUNS at checkout. Now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Uh, I first met today's guest just briefly uh, during a race a while back. I was pacing. He was running. He was on his way to, to winning. 
Um, and then shortly after that event, we connected on Facebook and, you know, it's not that we've been super, super close and interacting, but as, as you do on Facebook, you kind of, you know, pay attention and you see some things scroll across your feed. And the more I saw his posts, the more I, I kind of realized that, Hey, I wanted to get him on the show and, and chat for a little bit if, if he was up for it. And, uh, thankfully he was up for it. So here we are, uh, lots of places that today's conversation could go. So, and I, honestly, I'm not entirely sure where we're going to end up. But uh, the only way to figure it out is to get the party started and officially welcome Mr. Jason Martin to the show. So thanks for joining us today, Jason. Really appreciate it and certainly looking forward to it. Thank you, Danny. Uh, and today's show notes uh, is, as always, it's the, it's the show number. Uh, not, not, Jason's not a big social media person, I guess, is what, I, what I'm trying to get to. So we don't have a lot of, of plugs and things like that. He's on Facebook. You can probably find him there if you're so inclined. Uh, but we'll have everything linked up. Uh, any races we talk about, anything else that we talk about today that makes sense to link up. Uh, disruns.com slash 1032 disruns.com slash 1032 we'll get you back to the show notes for today and and links i'm sure we'll get to some races so we'll at least have those linked up and anything else like i said who knows where we're going to go but everything will be there so jason the way we always start off each episode of the show is with a a pretty simple question that sometimes is a simple and straightforward answer and sometimes it's a little bit uh you know there's a lot of good options out there and, and some people have a harder time answering it than others but it's just to simply ask what is your favorite distance to race and why? Uh, that is a tough question. I'm, I'm going to have to say anything that's probably over 50 miles. And why is that? Uh, for me, anything over 50 miles, it's, um, there's a high chance of uh, for failure, I guess. Um, <laughs> a lot of people look at races for success, and, and I look at a race and, uh, or a distance, and I just gauge what's the chance of failure. And the higher the, the higher the risk the, or higher the chance, the, the more you're uh, turned on by it. It is, um, yes. The highest chance of failure, the more likely I want to do it. <laughs> well, I'm I'm looking forward to to unpacking that a little bit and and figuring out uh, or, or understanding why uh, that might be the case. But before we we get there, uh, how'd you get started in, in the sport of running? Is it something that's been long part of your life, or or something somewhat more recently? And and you know, just kind of where'd you get started? Uh, I would say that I've always ran. I was um, always played baseball in, in, in school, and when I was younger, um, I spent about 12 years in the Marines. So obviously, I ran there. Uh, when I got out of the Marines um, in my early 30s, I uh, <clears throat> I just started to um, I don't know I, I was smoking and I was putting on weight, and um, I would say around 2017. I, uh, I quit smoking and I quit drinking. Um, I was about 220 pounds at the time and I just started walking, uh, mainly to try to lose weight. Um, and as the months progressed, the next thing you know, I'm running a mile in my neighborhood and then it ramped up to three miles. Um, and then it was sometime in 2018. I was like, well, I wonder if I could do something beyond the 5k. Um, and that's what led me to where I'm at now. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's, that's um, it, it's always interesting to me when when somebody goes from a position where they have to run, whether it's in sports, athletics, the military, whatever the case might be, um, and then getting into something that they do because they want to do it or they enjoy enjoy doing it. When you were in the Marines, was and and you know from what I from the little I know of of, of the military, um, you know there's a certain amount of running that has to be done, but. The, the folks I've talked to in the past, a lot of them didn't exactly enjoy their running in the military. Were, were you, uh, did, did you enjoy it much when you were in the Marines or not so much? Um, I, I enjoyed it, uh, up till about three miles, but mm-hmm. anytime over three miles, I never really enjoyed it. I think that was the, the sentiment amongst all of us. If, if we had to do a 5k perfectly fine. 
but if we had to go five miles, we probably did not want to go five miles. <laughs> you could, you could, you could, you know, suck it up and get it done for 25, 30 minutes, something like that. But after that, it was, it was not as much enjoyable anymore. That's right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so as in those early days of, of, you know, post smoking, post drinking, post, post Marine starting to get into, into running a little bit, um, you know, you started at what point did you, and maybe it was from the, the very beginning, I don't know. Um, did you really start to enjoy it and, and start to seek out that, that, you know, that sense of, of maybe there's a risk of failure here, at least, at least the sense of pushing yourself farther than what, what was comfortable. Yeah, I think, um, I think I had spent so long, um, doing stuff that I felt was extremely unhealthy and in some ways not allowing me to live life to the fullest. Um, and, the, and I, I'm lucky as to where I'm lived. There's a bunch of races around here, uh, you know, that just stand out cruel jewel, um, Georgia death race. And these are all races that I heard of. And I just started asking, I was like, well, I wonder, I wonder if I could do these types of races, um, you know, to where I could, you know, uh, finally start to live life to the fullest. Um, uh, because I just really felt like, uh, when I was smoking and when I was drinking, you know, um, it was fun, I guess, now that I look back on it, but it just didn't seem like I was living life to the fullest. Gotcha. Gotcha. At, at what point, you know, like you said, you start to hear about some of these races and these are, you know, the, the, the Georgia death race, cruel jewel. Those are definitely ones that you don't have to be too, like, I'm not super entrenched in the trail running scene, but I, I hear about them regularly enough, not even just from the podcast, but people on social media, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, so you hear about those races for sure. But at, at what point did, I mean, and again, maybe it was, maybe it was early, maybe it was right from the beginning, but, uh, I guess I'm trying to connect the dots between, you know, you're running some five K's or, or, you know, the two, three miles, things like that. And maybe looking to go a little bit farther at what point do you go, all right, 5k to 50 miles and, and beyond? Like, like what's the, what was the progression like from, from those, those early days to, to getting into that first big race? Um, I quite literally went from couch to 50 K. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, several months after that, uh, after doing my first 50 K I went up to, uh, a 40 mile race. So there, there wasn't no five K's uh, in between me doing my five K or 50 K first 50 K. Um, it was within, uh, once I made the decision, um, to start running again in 2000, uh, late 2018, it was in 2019, um, that I went and ran my first 50 K. Uh, once I realized how well I did at that, um, I knew that I possibly could, uh, do these races that I wanted to do, such as the Georgia death race and the cruel jewel. Um, so I guess it was, you know, uh, after I did my first 50K in 2019, um, that's when I knew I had what it take, uh, what it took to uh, do these races. Yeah, that's that's uh, a pretty pretty short timeline to, to just kind of keep on keeping on. Was it like for for a lot of folks, and obviously everybody's everybody's going to be different, and everybody's progression through through anything through life is going to be different than you know one person to the next. We're all n equals one, um, but but what what was it that drove you to just keep keep pushing yourself beyond because again you know i go back to 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 my thoughts which clearly not this not the same level of drive as as you where it's like you know i'm gonna hang out at 50k for a while before i dip my toes farther than that and and um you know it took me a while to get to even 50k i I was never gonna run an ultra for the longest time i should have known better than to say never hindsight's 2020 but you know like like was it 50 like 
I guess you said 50k. The 50k went well. How well did it go? How how did that how did that really um, out? The uh, the first 50k I did uh, was in October of 2019. Um, it was uh, Bull Mountain Epic, um, and I finished fourth overall. Wow! Wow! Yeah, I mean to to have your first big race go go that well. Yeah, I guess that that does kind of um, lean towards hey, maybe 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 I've got something here. Um, any any ideas looking back with with the benefit of hindsight why it went so well? Was it was it? I don't know. I'll just leave it open. Any any yeah. reason why why it was so was such a positive experience that first one? Um, I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, it it hurt really bad. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it it's it was clearly something um, that my body had to be carried across the finish line um, with my mind. Um, it was definitely one of those ones where I had to push myself because um, it, it it really hurt. It's not that I, I was definitely undertrained. Um, and, and in this case, and then my first 50 K, I think my mind was actually stronger, um, than my body was. Um, so I, the only reason I think it went well is because I, uh, during the course of the race, I knew I wanted to quit. Uh, there was many times that I wanted to quit. I went out really too fast. Um, you know, the first, I don't know, uh, 11 miles or so, I think I was, you know, averaging around eight minutes a mile. And, and then I realized that I still had two thirds of a race to go. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I led the race for the first third of the race. Um, and then I slowly started to fall back. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it was one of those uh, times where my mind, um, was actually stronger than my body. Um, but that is also what made me want to do, um, these more difficult races because I wanted to see if I could get my, my body to align. Uh, with the strength that I believe my mind has. Where where does the mental strength come from for you? It's it's that's that's really weird. It's a, it's a weird thing for me to answer because um, when I'm out uh, doing these runs, I I try to I try I, well I try to live in the moment. Um, I'm always trying to live in the moment, um, but I'm always you know uh, I'll start a run with a question of sorts and. You know, it could be a weird question, um, and I ponder it during these runs, and um, that's what I do. Is you know, I I guess I'm just trying to learn how to live um, <clears throat> better, um, and it seems like a lot of times when we're hurting the most, um, or when we're at our worst, or when we want to quit, um, that's when you're really living, and um, that's where you really have to try to figure out. Um, a way to get beyond that. Um, so I'm just trying to learn how to live, um, you know, through all the, the, the pain and, and the problems and the circumstances that's going to arise. I, I really like to problem solve along the way. You know, it's like um, just trying to figure out my way through it. Gotcha. Gotcha. And no, no better uh, opportunity to problem solve than 50, 60, 100 miles in the, uh, alone in the woods over the course of a day or two. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, I don't know. And again, I, I don't know exactly where this is all going to go, but maybe let's let's fast forward a bit to uh, th- this past summer where where we bumped into each other for the for the first time. Um, you you and a couple other folks. I think there were four four folks doing the uh, the Baby Dragon 100 in in uh, North Georgia. 
um, hundred miles in the the Georgia August heat and humidity, um, all the, all the elevation, all the all the climbing, uh, you know, all the all the reasons that I would never in a million years want to sign up for that race. Um, but I got roped into to pacing, uh, which which was fun and it was a really great experience. And I'm really glad that I that I was able to do that. Um, but you were out there just just hammering, just just picking them up, putting them down. Um, was was that the the I know that was a new race, new ish race. Had you had you done much on that that trail before, or you know was that the first time experiencing it for you? Um, no, that uh, Duncan Ridge um, Trail is the is where that race takes place. Um, it, it's only um, you know thirty minutes uh, from my house, so it's literally in my backyard. Um, it's a trail that I'm familiar with because um, the Georgia Death Race um, takes place on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cruel jewel takes place on it. So, um, it's definitely a trail that I'm familiar with. Um, to be honest with you, it's, uh, probably the trail, uh, where most of my races that I have done, um, has taken place. So I'm, I'm very familiar with it. Well, I, I was not, uh, I had, I had some <laughs> idea of what, I mean, as, as elusive an idea as you could get from looking at, you know, stuff on Strava and just kind of hearing some stuff from Anna, who I was pacing, who had, who had run it, a, you know, a bunch of times and, and was somewhat familiar with it. Um, but, uh, I, I don't know how you could be, you know, preparing for something like I live in Florida. Like, I don't know how you can prepare for You can't prepare for something like that living in Florida when it's just constantly up and down. Um, but, uh, you know, when that, it, what was your, your, um, intention going into that race? I, I mean, you know, kind of let the cat out of the bag, like you were, you were crushing it. You won, you, you won by a lot. Um, but, uh, was, was that kind of the plan from the get go? It, it was, um, it was a race that, um, I had been preparing for, um, since the beginning of, uh, 2021. Uh, the first race that I did was in January. Um, uh, it was a 40 mile race along Duncan Ridge, uh, in the winter time. Um, so I did a race there in January. Uh, and then in March of the same year, I went and did the George death race. And in May I went and did cruel jewel. Um, and each of these races was leading me up, um, to the baby dragon, um, 100, um, which would have, uh, that was also my first 100. So, um, yeah, it was a culmination of events that I started back in January of that year um, that would eventually lead me to uh, Baby Dragon. But, um, yes, I had every intention um, of doing well at that race. Um, I, I did have to battle some issues, which slowed me down considerably. Um, uh, but overall, I think I accomplished what I set out to do. Yeah, I, w- I would say so. Do you mind uh, diving into what some of those issues were that, that you had to struggle with there towards the end? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so I chose um, to not um, to have any pacers whatsoever. I, I, I knew it was going to be – I wanted it to be a journey um, with myself. So um, once I once I hit tw- over 24 hours in the race and I had already spent a full day – uh, and a full night on the trail, uh, you, you start to get extremely lonely out there. Um, and there wasn't a whole lot of people running the race. So it's not like you're, uh, constantly running into other people. So I think, um, loneliness is the first thing that I had to deal with. Um, uh, and then the humidity was so high, um, you know, chafing, um, started to become a really, really big issue. 
Um, chafing was probably my worst issue that I dealt with. Um, it was extremely painful. Um, and it's something that I had to, uh, especially deal with the last 20 miles or so of the race. But I would say just the, um, the loneliness, um, was pretty bad. Um, and the chafing, uh, of course it's, um, you know, summer in Georgia. So, um, you're going to have all the, all the biting flies and (laughs) all the briars and, you know, and the insects and all that stuff that you have to deal with. But it was uh, definitely the loneliness and the chafing. Um, that was probably the most difficult things I had to overcome. Were, were you prepared at all or thinking about going into the race, the loneliness factor? Because I feel like that would be something that for me, I would probably very easily overlook. Um, but I could see that being a, a struggle towards towards the end after, you know, you get to 20, 24, 30 hours. Um, was that on your on your radar at all before the race? Absolutely. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I shared it to my Facebook page a couple of days, um, before the race, you know, uh, a lot of times when we're doing, when, when you do these types of events, you know, you have to be very comfortable, um, with yourself. And, um, I knew that that was going to happen. Um, I knew, uh, I had set out and I knew from the get go, um, that I was going to be out front, um, and being out front, I knew also meant that I was going to be by myself um, a lot of the way and not having crew and um, and not having pacers. Um, I, I knew it was going to happen. So, yeah, I was I was completely prepared. Um, I just I was just hoping that I would be comfortable enough uh, with my own company, um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's where you're. And that's, that's one of the reasons I love doing this stuff. It's like, you know, you, you have to be comfortable with yourself because, you know, when you start to run into these problems, um, you, you don't, you're not always going to have someone there, um, to push you along the way or to help you troubleshoot. Um, and it's when you have to rely on yourself and I think you have to be comfortable with yourself, uh, before you can start to really rely on yourself. So yeah, I knew it was going to be lonely out there. Gotcha. Gotcha. With that being the, the first hundred, um, how did the, how did the recovery go after, you know, for the, the days and weeks after the race? Uh, the recovery went really well. I think, um, I was, I was back up and running, um, probably within four days or so. Um, I had another race, uh, scheduled for October. Um, I knew, that if I did not have another race, um, scheduled soon thereafter, I would, um, I'd probably just uh, sit around for way too long. Um, so I wanted to give myself something, um, to make sure that, uh, I got up and back at it, um, as quickly as I could. Um, so, um, yeah, within a probably, I mean, I was, uh, I was running within, within a week. Um, it probably took me a week or two before I started to, uh, do my normal training runs. Um, but yeah, it was within a few days. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Are, are you the type of, of person that, uh, kind of sounds like maybe a little bit, but it, it, maybe it was just this one instance that, that really thrives on always having a next race out there to, to be getting ready for. Yeah. Um, I like to have something, um, to go towards. Um, and, and last year, uh, was a really, uh, I'm just going to say it was a, it was a magical year for me in so many ways. Um, but yeah, I, I, I want to have something that I'm trying to progress towards. Um, and that doesn't, you know, that does keep me motivated. If I got something on the schedule or if I know that there's a something coming up that I have to work towards, 
Absolutely. Um, that's what keeps me going. Um, you know, I don't ever want to become lazy again, um, to where I'm not trying to constantly move forward. Gotcha. Gotcha. At what point did the, and maybe it was already on there, but there was just this race in the middle. Uh, but what point did the, the fierce dragon 100 get on the, the radar? Um, so the fierce dragon is, uh, it's just the winter version of the baby dragon. Um, so, you know, uh, Duncan Ridge, the trail that both occur on, um, it changes with the seasons. Um, in 2021, in January of 2021, I did the 40 mile, okay. uh, version of fierce dragon. Um, and it was, you know, um, it never got above freezing. Uh, the trail was covered in ice. You know, you'd have to use spikes at times and there was snow out there. And I knew that I wanted to do the, the winter version of baby dragon. So yeah, I signed up for fierce dragon. Um, and I was actually probably, um, uh, I was a little less trained for it, um, coming off of baby dragon, but, um, it was just that it changes. The weather changes that trail up there, and that's and that's what's so remarkable about it is you can do the same race different time of the year, and you're going to encounter different issues. And uh, that's why I wanted to do the Fierce Dragon because it was going to be a lot different than uh, Baby Dragon. Yeah, and that's and that's something that I feel like as runners we all kind of know. Different times of the year, it it, it changes. It, obviously, you know, the weather weather changes and whatnot. Um, but those of us that run mostly on the roads, like, yeah, it might be a little bit cooler or maybe, you know, maybe there's, there's a little bit of ice on the roads, things like that. But, but boy, a trail, um, you know, from, from winter to summer is going to like, it's, it's, it's other than, I mean, the elevation is still going to be a thing, of course, but the, the, the conditions of the trail, I mean, it's, it's, I would imagine almost unrecognizable from, from, you know, six months apart like that. Oh, absolutely. It's, um, it, in the summertime, you know, uh, the, the, uh, Duncan Ridge, it's, it's not a very pretty trail. You know, there's not a lot of views. Um, there's a lot of trees up there. So you have a lot of leaves. Um, in the winter time, it completely changes. Um, the, there's obviously the trees do not have leaves. Um, and you can see all the surrounding mountains at times and you can see lights from towns and, um, and stuff that you just can't see in the summertime, you know? So, yeah, absolutely. The trail completely changes um, based upon the season. What was what was the mindset going into the uh, the Fierce Dragon, the the winter race? What were you what were you looking forward to? What were you what were you planning on uh, on you know what, what was the, what was the game plan? Um, I was going to carry the same game plan that I had from Baby Dragon over. Um, again, I was going to do it without a crew um, and without pacers. I was expecting to. Um, uh, do the race at a much faster time because I knew the humidity obviously wouldn't be an issue. Um, and in the winter time, uh, in the cooler weather, I tend to be, uh, a bit faster. I have noticed that humidity, uh, will definitely, uh, slow you down. So I was going to approach it with the same mindset that I did baby dragon, except that I was going to, um, hopefully do it, um, faster than what I did at baby dragon. So I was just going to do it, uh, well, faster. That was the plan. <laughs> Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and, uh, from what I, what I gathered from following you, you on Facebook a little bit leading up to the, cause we had been connected of course before then. So, so you kind of in the lead up and I knew you were going after it. Uh, and it didn't, it didn't go quite as, as well as planned. What, uh, what happened out there on the, on the mountain in January? Uh, exactly why, why I do these races happen. You know, I, like I told you earlier, I, I look at these races because of what their chance for failure is. And, um, and this time I, I did fail. 
Um, what happened, uh, I, I felt pretty good going into the race and I would say, um, for the first, uh, you know, I was, uh, definitely looking at, um, finishing sub 30 hours. Um, and that's with, you know, over 30,000 feet of climbing. Mm -hmm. So I was well on track, but, um, I would say around mile 50 or so my, I, I was having a very hard time, um, staying awake. Um, and it was really cold out there. Um, and as I started to fall asleep and it's being cold, you know, I'm having a hard time, um, keeping my body warm at the same time. I, and I couldn't keep food down. Um, I tried to troubleshoot, of course, you know, my first instinct was to try to take caffeine. Um, so I started taking some caffeine pills. Um, and again, you know, even taking 200 milligram caffeine pills, um, I just couldn't, uh, I couldn't stay awake and I was, I was running along the trail. Um, uh, but you know, I was, I would fall asleep while running and I would stumble and I would fall down. So, um, at around mile, um, 77 or so, um, that's when I decided to, uh, that I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, I was, uh, just too tired. Um, I was falling asleep, even though I had a, 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 a really big lead. Um, I could have probably, um, walked the rest of the way and still finished first. Um, I just decided to quit. Um, my body, it felt really weird. Um, and it really wasn't only to a couple days later, um, that I, I finally knew why. Um, and that's when I tested positive for COVID. Oh Lord. Um, so that probably explains a lot. I, I didn't really have any symptoms before the race. Um, but you know, the couple of days afterwards and, and when I started to develop a fever and, and all that stuff, you know, so, um, I'm not going to say it was COVID related, but, um, you know, my body just didn't, it just didn't feel right. Um, you know, normally I'm pretty good. I can go for 36, uh, 40 hours without sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, and just wasn't the case this time. Yeah. That, 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 uh, takes away the, 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 what felt like the most obvious follow-up question of any idea why, why you were having such a struggle to just stay awake, but you know, whether you want to say it was, it was that or not, but anything that's going underneath the surface, that's taking some of that energy out when you're, when you're trying to, to cruise along for, for 30 straight hours, battling the elements and all the elevation and stuff. Like it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much of a, of a spur underneath the saddle to really throw things off in that type of situation. Oh, and it definitely did. Yeah. Oh, clearly, clearly, um, you know, and, 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 for my, again, just limited experience of being out there the, the, the one time, uh, with, with Ana this summer, um, that's not a, the type of trail that you want to be taking too many chances on. Like there's plenty of places where it's not too treacherous, but there's a couple of places where, you know, not that it's straight down, but like you don't want to fall off the trail if you can avoid it in, in some of those, those areas. So I can imagine, um, you know, catching yourself falling asleep and, and tripping and falling, like that's got to get your attention pretty quickly. It, absolutely. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm capable of doing, um, I'm not going to say I can do amazing things, but, uh, my body allows me to do some really, um, really great things. And, and I'm not getting younger. I'm going to be 44 this year. Um, and I could have finished that race. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that I could have finished. Um, but you have to, um, as I continue to do these types of runs and continue to have, um, uh, the high training volume. Uh, that I have I always have to ask myself that, um, yeah, I can, I can do this. Um, 
but what at what cost? Um, and everything has a cost. Um, just because you can do something doesn't necessarily mean that you should uh, do something. And um, yeah, I pulled the plug, um, you know, because I was worried um, about my body um, and what negative impacts I could have long term. So absolutely. Was it was it a difficult decision to to take yourself out of the race? Uh, absolutely. Um, if you were to look at my entire life, um, there's not been really too many times in my life um, I, I, to where I would quit anything. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a very tough tough decision. I remember um, right before I got to the aid station that I quit. It, uh, there was no not a cloud in the sky. Um, yeah, I just remember stopping and just sitting down and, you know, um, I just started to cry, you know, because for the first time in my running journey, um, my body, uh, was telling me no. And, uh, for so many times it's, um, it's always had my back and, uh, I was disappointed that my mind, um, wouldn't allow me to get past, uh, what my body was feeling. So yeah, I, uh, it was, uh, it was definitely the most difficult decision I've made, um, in regards to my running, um, absolutely. It, it was a very tough one to make, but I believe it's the right, it was the right one to make. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would, you know, I would agree. Uh, and I, I can totally, uh, you know, understand how, how it must've been a, a difficult decision. Um, going back to, to what you said earlier, and it's kind of come up a couple of times about the, the idea of, of enjoying these races where failure is, is an option. And, and, you know, there's, there's, um, I, I, I don't want to jinx anything, but I would say that if you're going to continue to do these types of races, um, hopefully not frequently, but there's, there's probably a high likelihood that there'll be another DNF at some point along the way. Um, did, did, did going through that experience at Fierce Dragon change in any way your outlook towards some of these, these harder, harder races, these longer, more grueling races that uh, have a, such a high risk of, of failure? Um, I wouldn't say, I don't know if it's changed my outlook. Um, you know, it definitely, um, I guess it, it, it's humbled me. Um, you know, 2021 was a very successful year for me. Uh, when you look at the races that I did, uh, where I finished at, uh, in those races, it, uh, many people would consider it to be a success. And, you know, if anything, what happened at Fierce Dragon, um, it's really just pushed me even more. Um, but it's also made me a smarter, uh, a runner. I, I needed that. I needed that to happen. Um, because I can't, you know, I have to be willing, um, you have in order to continue to do this type of stuff, you know, and I, and I would love to do these types of hard races for at least another decade, but you also have to be smart about it. Um, you have to be mature about it and you got to learn that it's okay, um, to quit if your body is telling you to do so. And there's no, it's not uh, necessary to push your body. Um, to the point to where it breaks, you want to get it right there to where it's almost going to break, but there's no reason to push it to where it breaks. So, um, I needed that DNF and, um, if anything, it's made me a better runner, um, because it's, uh, it shows that I'm capable of making the right decision. Um, no matter how bad it, you know, it might hurt me. Right. Right. Um, speaking of, of hurt and, and hopefully not being hurt, not being injured, uh, something you kind of mentioned, uh, a little bit, uh, maybe five minutes ago about, you know, 
doing the type of training that you're doing, the races that you're doing, the volume you're doing, and and, and for the most part, staying healthy. And, and I mean, I, I would again go so far as to say, even with with Fierce Dragon, um, you know, there's some some falls and some bumps and some bruises, but the reason that you ultimately you know, at least in my mind, the, the you know the big part of it was was the COVID lurking in the background and not anything else that maybe necessarily could have been uh, avoided at, at that moment. Um, but all that to say, you know, logging these types of miles that you've done over the last you know four or five years of really being into the the trail running scene and these longer races, what what do you do from a training perspective, from a from a recovery perspective, things like that to help you stay healthy? Um, I, well, I'm gonna I'll be perfectly honest with you. I probably do not do enough from the recovery perspective. <laughs> you, um, you and everybody listening, Jason, don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> uh, you know, my training, um, I don't, I, I don't have a coach. Um, I, I approach, um, if I'm, if I'm signed up for a race, if I'm training for a particular race, I'll have a training block in my mind. Um, and then I'll each, I base it upon each week. Um, and I have volumes, uh, running volume that I'm looking to get, um, along with, uh, elevation gain. Um, you know, so a typical week for me, a, a normal week, um, you know, I, I stick around 70 miles a week, um, 70 to 80 miles a week is where I'd like to be. And I like to keep my elevation gain, you know, at least over 15,000 feet a week. Um, I definitely do not rest enough. I, I you know, I, I try to roll out and I stretch and I do all that stuff, but, uh, I do try to eat well. Um, and I absolutely got to have my sleep. You know, I, I get over eight hours of sleep a night. Um, that's something that I have to do. Um, but I'd say the one thing I, I definitely do not probably rest enough. Um, you know, I might take, uh, I might have three days off a month, um, to where I don't, uh, run at all. I at least try to build in one a week, but uh, I'm normally running six days a week. Gotcha, gotcha. But you know, it 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 goes to show, and and again, you know, going back to what I said earlier, everybody's an n equals one. Some people need more rest. Some people can get away with less. Whatever the case might be. Um, but I, I feel like you know, from whether it's it's me wearing the coaching hat, that the athletic training hat that I wear once in a while as well, or or just the the let's be realistic hat. Um, there's different ways to, to get there. And maybe it's having, you know, for some people it's, it is more rest days per, per week for you taking care of some of the little things with the stretching and whatnot, but also making sure that that sleep is, is sounds like relatively non-negotiable. Um, that's an important piece of the puzzle that a lot of people, you know, are like, ah, well, whatever. Like, I gotta, you know, I'll get up earlier. I'll stay up a little bit later. And, and pretty soon they're getting six hours of sleep and that, that, you know, maybe works for them, but maybe not work for you. So it's, it's just a matter of figuring out what works for you to, to make sure that you're balancing the work you're doing with the recovery that your body needs. Absolutely. I, I have to have my sleep, but you know, also, um, I didn't just go from, uh, you know, three years ago, you know, it, it would have been difficult for me to, to have a 15 mile week. Mm, right. Um, but you know, as, as, as I ran and ran and ran and ran, my body started to get stronger and, um, and it's allowed me to, you know, to have, um, you know, 70 miles a week and over, I mean, I had a, um, you know, up here recently, I've been having weeks of, uh, you know, 25,000 feet of gain a week. And, um, it's not something that, you know, three years ago, um, I wouldn't even imagined that I could have, 
Uh, but sleep is uh, absolutely very, very important to me. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't have um, things that hurt, you know. Um, you know, my hips hurt a little bit sometimes and <laughs> my feet hurt a little bit sometimes. But um, I try to stay real, as healthy as I can. But also, um, I try not to do things unnecessarily. It's um, uh, As I look out the window here, it's uh, it's pouring down rain, um, you know, and uh, – but I can make the decision that I don't have to go out and, you know, run 15 miles in the mountains in the rain. Um, it's not going to make me a better rain runner. So um, I make those kinds of decisions as well. Have, have you had any little niggles and, and issues and, and injuries along the way? Absolutely. Um, you know, even to this day, I have uh, I, I got piriformis syndrome mm-hmm. um, and I don't even sit down that much. Um I have problems with my sciatica. Um, definitely have problems with my hamstrings. Uh, you know, when you when you climb um, a lot in your running, you're going to develop uh, soreness in your glutes and your hamstrings, and you know that's something that I constantly uh, battle with. Uh, but for the most part, you know, I've stayed um, relatively healthy. Um, I have, you know, broken a couple ribs here and there. Or, but uh, for the most part, I, I, I stay healthy. If anything is going to hurt me, or uh, it's probably going to be in my glute area or my hamstrings. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely something that uh, kind of the injury thing uh, is is something that so many people, um, you know, sadly, regrettably, whatever the right word is, struggle with. Um, but at the same time, like there's so many things that you can do. And again, going back to what we just said, figuring out what works best for you in terms of whether it's cross training, sleeping, rest days, strength training, yoga, all the above three of the five, whatever, but finding that, that mix to help keep your body healthy and keep you moving towards your goals for the most part, you know, you can have a little bump and bruise here and there, but, uh, that's, that's kind of the name of the game in our sport, I suppose. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and anytime you're doing, yeah. I mean, for, for a lot of people running period, uh, you know, whether it's one mile or if you're running a hundred miles, you're going to have hurts along the way. Um, and I have tried to become more attuned to listening to my body and knowing, you know, the types of pains that, um, let's say that I can, uh, work through. Um, and then I also try to realize, you know, um, there might be some things that uh, I need to take a few days off or, or even take a week off. Um, but you always have to listen to your body and try to try to figure out um, because, you know, pain's inevitable. Um, but some pain um, you can deal with and you can work through. But sometimes you got to just pull the plug and, and just uh, try to reset uh, after you get it fixed. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um Looking, looking ahead, you know, as we're recording this in uh, the towards the end of, of February 2022, coming off of, you know, six weeks ago-ish, five weeks ago, something like that, the, the DNF at, at Fierce Dragon. Um, what's what's 2022 looking like for you going forward? Uh, well, I actually have a uh, race this weekend. It's a, um, it's a last man standing event. Um, so that'll be at the end of February. Uh, in March, uh, I'm going to once again... Um, do the Georgia death race. Um, uh, last year I finished third, um, at the Georgia death race. Um, and I'm hoping for another podium finish this time. Um, and then in May, uh, I'm going to do cruel jewel 100. Um, so, uh, that's the race that I've been wanting to do for probably, um, well, that's 
the main reason I started this uh, journey was I always wanted to do the Cruel Jewel 100. Um, and as of right now, I plan on going back to do the Baby Dragon again. Um, I'm, I really want to try to do it in sub-30 hours, so uh, more likely I'll be going back to Baby Dragon again in August. All right. Well, more more of the same, you know. Just to, yeah. I guess if, I guess uh, you know if you find some races that you like, and and you know for for you, like you said, you know, kind of a lot of them are right there in the backyard makes it a little bit conducive to keep running those races. So might as well. Yes, absolutely. When you and I don't know if you can even answer this question yet because maybe maybe you haven't done it quite enough, but maybe you have because these races tend to be on on the same part of the trail. Um, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about the trail conditions changing from from you know, summer to winter, et cetera. Um, but how, how similar do those races shake out when they are on the same trail that, that again, I mean, trail conditions change. So I get that, but like, is, is there a real, I don't know, from your perspective, a big advantage to running those trails so frequently, or is it just kind of like race day is race day and it's going to be uh, what it's going to be? Uh, absolutely. So, uh, you know, with as many races that I do, um, on these, uh, on Duncan Ridge and, um, I honestly do not really train there. Um, that often, you know, it's, um, as far as Duncan Ridge is concerned, I absolutely, um, I maybe in a, in the past few years, there might've been two training runs that I've done on that trail. Um, I tend to just save that trail for race day. I, I know the trail, I know what to expect on it. Um, I am very lucky in the sense that, you know, um, within five miles of my house, I'm in the national forest, um, you know, and I have, endless amounts of trails, um, to run on. But, um, you know, a lot of these trails such as the Appalachian trail and the Benton Mackay trail, uh, and Duncan Ridge were, you know, the Georgia death race and cruel jewel and baby dragon take place on. They're just, they're just right in my backyard. So, but, uh, I tend not to train on those trails too often. Um, I tend to just, uh, try to save them for race day. Is, is, is that why, because you're going to race there? Or is it, is it like, for me, I, it would be a logistic thing. Like I can be five minutes to this trail or 30 minutes to the other trail. Like I'll take the five minute, you know, get to a trail. Absolutely. Um, you know, Tom is one of the most, uh, well, it is the most valuable thing that we have. Um, and how you spend your time, um, is very important. Um, you know, I can, I can drive to Duncan Ridge every day and, um, you know, it would take me, you know, 30 minutes to get there. Um, or I could drive five miles from my house, um, and have, uh, trails and just as, just as much elevation gain and all that stuff. So, uh, it's more of a logistics issue for me. I, you know, my time is very important to me. Um, and as much as I love, uh, driving far away to run on trails, you know, if I can, if I can stay close to home, uh, I guarantee I'm going to stay close to home because, you know, that, that's what allows me to do, um, runs every day that are like 12 to 15 miles in the woods. Um, you know, cause I don't have to drive there that far. Um, so absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. And I, I, I've used that as my excuse more than a few times about not running the trails as much as I, <laughs> as, as much as I, I, quite frankly, as I would like to, you know, and not that we have the, the same, you know, that we have Florida trails or swamps, basically, let's not kid ourselves, but like, we've got a couple of nice trail places around here that would be nice to run more often. But it's like by the time I drive 20, 30 minutes to get to the trail um, and then 20, 30 minutes to get home and then run for an hour. Well, that's a two hour excursion versus I can walk out the door. And yes, it's the road and it's not as much fun, but like I can walk out the road and run for an hour and it only takes me an hour or I can run for two hours and it still takes two hours. So it's like it's just that logistics sometimes like life gets in the way. And so you just got to do what you got to do. Absolutely. Um, you know, my my training, uh, big part of it is, you know, 
training for a race doesn't have to be epic, you know. Mm. Uh, it's just got to be easy. Not easy in the sense that what you're doing is easy, but it has to be easy to get to get out the front door. Uh, if you make it so difficult to get out that front door uh, to get to where you want to go running at, you know, you're going to find it very difficult to run. But if, if all it takes is for you to turn your doorknob, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, many times I have, I do run on the roads occasionally. It's been a long time since so I've run on the roads. But uh, many times I've just, you know, just wanted to walk out my front door and just start running out of the subdivision, and next thing you know, I'm on the road. So. Yep. Yep. Well, yeah, it's just it's just like anything. The, the more the more barriers to resistance there are, the harder it's going to be. So if you can remove as many as possible, you're more likely to do what you're setting out to do. And for us as runners, that means, you know, whatever it takes to get out there and get our miles in and um, hopefully, you know, come back and do it again tomorrow. Absolutely. As we're uh, wrapping up here, Jason, I I, um, I don't think I mentioned this in the anywhere in the intro, but definitely, you know, from uh, reading some of your, your Facebook posts and whatnot, I kind of get the feeling that uh, stoicism is a bit of part of your, your life, or at least you, you strike me as, as somewhat of a modern day stoic. And so I, I say all that to not put any pressure on you, but to lead up to the final question, which I kind of have, have jokingly over the last few years started calling the philosophical question. Um, so maybe this will be right up your alley. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I put, just put too much pressure on the plate and, and now it's not going to go anywhere. But um, I, I'd be curious, you know, from, from your perspective, um, what, uh, what has running taught you or what we, I feel like for me, there's so many lessons I've learned from running that have, has taken me into other areas of life or, or, you know, kind of crosses beyond just running into, into everything else that goes on in my life. And I'd just be curious in, in your time, you know, out there solving problems and thinking through things through on your own and, and whatnot, uh, as, as a runner over the last, you know, handful of years, what has, what has running taught you about yourself that you're able to use in other aspects of life? Um, oh, that's a, we could go forever for that question, but uh, <laughs> feel free to take it as long as you um, want, my friend. You know, yes, yeah, stoicism is a um, is a huge part uh, of my life, and I I try to um, live my life as much as I can um, as a stoic would. Um, partly because I I've realized, um, well, um, we all have faults. Um, and I've realized what my faults are. And, um, every day that passes, I, I see a new, uh, problem with me. Um, I always like to sum up my life in decades. Um, you know, the thirties, my thirties, let's just say I'll spend my forties, um, fixing the problems that I created in my thirties. Um, when I got out of the Marines, it was a very, very bad time for me. You know, I, I, I drank way too much. And like I said, I was smoking, I smoked for 18 years or so. And, um, you know, stoicism, it teaches me to, um, to look at life, um, differently than I used to, um, to cherish the time, uh, that you have. Um, I've learned that running has taught me that time is your most valuable asset. Um, and how you spend your time is even more important. Um, I don't want to waste my time. Uh, I have an idea of a person that I want to become. And um, I think stoicism is allowing me to uh, not waste my time in becoming that person. So, um, but running, um, wow, it's um, it, it means a lot to me. Um, it's something that it's the one thing that I can go out um, to where I get to be with myself, um, get to question who I am and what I could do better. Uh, and a lot of times, it's what I've done wrong. Um, in my life, you know, you, it's all about retrospect. And, um, 
I've, I've done a lot of uh, bad things in my life, um, but that doesn't mean that they have to hold you back or they have to identify what you are. Um, and that's what running is to me. It allows me to go out. Um, it's almost like penance, for example. It's just, you know, you've made a lot of mistakes in your life. Um, now you can go out and do something um, and you can learn about yourself and on how to become the man that you want to be. I love it. I love it. And, uh, as is often the case, I feel like I say this just about every episode, like, yep, nodding along. Like, yes, that's, that's a great point. And, and, um, for someone who values their time as much as you, you do, and as, as much as we all should, thank you, Jason, for, for giving of your time today to, to, uh, indulge us in some conversation and share some of your stories. And y'all, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, once again, disruns.com slash 1032, the links in the whole nine as per usual, got a couple photos in there as well. Uh, so you can check that out. Um, Jason, thank you. Uh, once again, I mean, I just thanked you, but I'm going to thank you even, uh, even more, uh, for giving of the time today for, for sharing some of your story and, and, um, man, I just, uh, I'm so glad that we, we crossed paths, uh, back in August and, uh, not that I'm, I'm chomping at the bit to get back to the Duncan Ridge trail for, for any more of that nonsense. But, uh, if, if, if the opportunity ever comes to, to cross paths with you again, I, I hope it, it, it does work out, but, uh, thank you for the, for the time today. Uh, congratulations on, on all you've accomplished so far and, and nothing but the best for you going forward, my friend. Thank you so much. All right, y'all. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Jason and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your little uh, takeaway du jour? Du jour. Uh, for me, it, it was kind of, a, I guess, maybe a theme that kind of ran through the entire conversation. And that's Jason's not only willingness, but but seeming uh, desire to do things, to, to push himself uh, in, in events and in races where there's definitely a high chance of failure. And the more I, I reflected on this episode after we were done chatting, the more I kind of thought that, that there's times that, that often there are times, more, more often than not, when it comes to me and, and some of the, the goals and the ambitions that I have for myself, um, they're, they're relatively low stakes and they're, they're the types of things that I, I do think that have a pretty high degree of likelihood of success. You know, even something as, as crazy as running all 50 States, like that's doable, you know, assuming that I stay healthy and vibrant for another 30, 40, 50 years. Like that's not that ambitious Boston qualify. Maybe that's an ambitious one, but outside of that, I mean, I don't know when I've, I've really set myself a, a goal, a target, whether it's a specific race, whether it's a distance time, whatever, uh, where I've really set myself up for something that definitely has a high degree of failure. You know, when it, when it, even even looking back just a couple weeks ago at the at the celebration race, um, where I, the goal was to to BQ or not BQ. I wish the goal was to BQ. The goal was to PR at the half marathon. Um, like I was really confident that I could do it, and instead of setting my sights for a a, a massive PR, you know, I was kind of like, well, you know, as long as I can PR by by five seconds, maybe get under that one forty five for the first time. Quietly, I thought maybe one forty was possible, but if I'm if I'm honest. Like there was, I was capable of more, whether or not I would have gotten more, I don't know. But if I would have set my sights higher, maybe, maybe, but instead I was setting myself up for a goal that, that yes, it was a push, but it was a relatively safe push, a relatively cautious push, a relatively high degree of success type of push. And talking to to Jason today, it was just a, a good reminder that, you know what, like failure is not necessarily a bad thing and, and putting yourself in positions where failure is a, is a possibility can sometimes and oftentimes, quite frankly, help 
you achieve more, help you do more than you thought was possible because you, you don't want to fail. And so, you know, I'm not making any bold proclamations or, or assertions or anything like that today. There's, there's no, no new, uh, you know, hot, hot takes or anything right now, but, uh, going forward, I'm going to do a, I'm going to try to be more intentional about thinking about goals that, uh, you know, are out there a little bit that are, that are a stretch that are things that very well could result in failure. Um, because I think that, that just by going for it, sometimes you, you, at least for me, sometimes I, if I go for it and even come up a little bit short, I might just get farther ahead than I would have gotten had I set a goal that wasn't nearly as lofty. You know, that whole aim for the aim for the stars and land on the moon type of situation. Like, like I think there's something to that. And, and too often, um, okay with not pushing myself to that level. And maybe I need to, to push a little farther. Anyway, that was my takeaway from today. What about you? What, what stood you, what stood out to you? Easy for me to say, what stood out to you from today's episode? Uh, let me know. Always love to hear those types of takeaways and things that, uh, that nestled into your brain. Matt Diz runs on Twitter at Diz runs on Instagram. You can also send an email to dizruns at gmail.com. And of course you can head over to the show notes for today. I uh, got some photos, got some links, all the things as per usual. Uh, and also I have that comment section down at the bottom of the page, disruns.com slash 1032. Disruns.com slash 1032 for today's show notes. Leave your thoughts and feedbacks down in that comment section. If you're so inclined, I would certainly appreciate and enjoy hearing from you. With that, we'll go ahead and start wrapping this one up. One last shout for Victory Co. Get that finish line feeling everywhere you go. Uh, by heading over to createmyvictory.com. Make sure you use that code DISRUNS at checkout. Save yourself 15% on your order. And with that, we'll go ahead and wind this one down for real this time. Uh, Y'all, thanks for taking the time to uh, take Jason and I with you today. Really appreciate it. Hope it was a good day for you, whether you were running, doing some work around the house, or just maxing and relaxing and listening to two guys talk about running. Whatever it was, thanks for taking us with you. And until next time, be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? Later, y'all.